just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. And you know, you may have heard me say, I kind of view this earth as the crossroads of heaven and hell. Uh, and, and I think you can look around and you can see God's hand all over the beauty of creation and in the lives of people. And you don't have to look far to see what hell can do on this earth. If you ever wonder if there's a spiritual battle going on, just turn on the news today. Because uh, there's some things going on in our world that are straight out of the, Satan's playbook and, and it's playing out in horrific ways. But uh, we're going to talk to someone today who has fought um, his own spiritual battle. Uh, in fact, he's a pastor down in the Houston area, uh, Bay Area Church, uh, League City, for those of you who know the area. And he has a book out telling a lot of his story. It's called War in the Wilderness by Pastor Brian Haynes. And his website describes him as a, a pastor, a writer. And uh, someone who is, whose passion is to restore people, and, and I, I, I just love that positioning, um, but there's, there's more to it than just uh, a tagline. So appreciate you guys being here. And Nicholas, great to have you. Anybody watching live, uh, you feel free to jump in on that chat and be a part of the conversation. We're always glad to have you here, and in the replay as well. We appreciate your nice comments. Uh, Pastor Haynes, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much. So, you know, um, this is a very personal story for you uh, and instructive, I think, for anyone who's walking through difficult circumstances. Uh, jump right in wherever you, you want to start and, and tell us a little bit about where this came from and the battle that you fought. Yeah. So I want to give you some framework, maybe some theological framework to begin with, and then I'll tell you the story. Um uh, about 2006, I started leading um, hiking tours through Israel in a rabbinic sort of way, kind of teaching people to be followers of Jesus, head, heart, hands and feet, geography, context, history, all that. And yeah. one of my favorite aspects of that experience is the time that we spend in the desert uh, while we're there, kind of the wilderness lands of the Bible. Mm. There's so many lessons to be learned in the wilderness um because all of the bible is sort of written with with that wilderness in the backdrop you have you know the garden of eden in genesis chapter 2 where it's paradise and man and woman are walking with god in the garden and they sin and they get cast out of the garden into the wilderness you have the people of israel coming out of ex you know in exodus out of captivity in egypt into the wilderness uh, we have just, just this metaphor of life that is the wilderness in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that theological reality that we're living life between two gardens, a Garden of Eden and the New Jerusalem in Revelation 21, I think is a really important awareness that we need to have as Christians, because everything between those two gardens is, in fact, wilderness. That's the metaphor for life in Scripture. And there's a war going on in the midst of that. Um, uh, you know, we have this enemy, Satan, that J Jesus describes as a liar who came to kill, steal, destroy. 
And so with that in the the backdrop, I, I kind of like to tell you my my story yeah. um, so that you can understand we 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 as a family sort of get that. Um, nobody's exempt from the wilderness. Nobody's exempt from the war in the wilderness. And, and our family is no exception. Um, we're kind of one of those families. We're uh, it, definitely a pastor family, but um, more than that, like even if we weren't, if I wasn't a pastor, we would be a Christ following family. We're just committed to Christ and our faith and we're not perfect, but tried to lead our kids spiritually, uh, tried to, you know, do the right things and, um, and still life wrought with difficulty, particularly our oldest daughter. We have three daughters. Our oldest daughter, when she was a, a teenager, we began to experience with her just things internally inside our home that didn't make sense with the trajectory of her life. Uh, things like depression, anxiety, anger that we didn't understand addictions that she was wrestling with uh things like body dysphoria um just it was just hard for her as a teenager and and the outside world would have looked at her and said this is a great kid straight a student great athlete you know christ following kiddo all those things but internally she was struggling hard and so because of that our family was struggling uh in in big ways and when she went to college um we were honestly kind of relieved like okay we can we can breathe uh because of the tension that was taking place in the context of our own home mm -hmm. and uh just into that first semester of college we angela and i were sitting on the couch watching some tv show and uh we got that like that parent feel of we need to check on her and i just looked at where she was on my find a friend on my phone and it was like 11 o'clock at night and she was in a park uh outside off campus in a part of town that wasn't super great and uh i just thought i need to give her a call and when i called her she was weeping i mean uncontrollable sobbing mm -hmm. Uh, and just in that place of, I can't do this anymore. And it was shocking to us as parents, um, you know, where she, where she was emotionally, mentally, spiritually in that moment, it was a dark, dark place. And so we got her to a counselor fairly quickly, uh, that we knew, uh, in the area. <clears throat> and that counselor called me a couple of sessions into it and just said, Hey, has your daughter ever been sexually assaulted? Mm. And we were like, no, we can't, can't even imagine when that would have happened. And uh, the counselor said, well, this is textbook, Brian. And I, as I zoomed out and sort of thought about it, kind of the progression and her teenage years and what she had experienced and, and, and gone through, I thought the counselor's right. It is textbook, but I don't have a grid for when this would have happened. And so they uh, continued to work with her and they, they did a technique called EMDR and they, they pulled a particular time, place, person from her memory. And I could put that person in my house. Um, this was a person close to us. Mm -hmm. I could put that person in my house at that time and her very young childhood, like mm -hmm. when she was five, six years old. Mm -hmm. It was a very, very definite 
and very accurate. Like we we knew this this had happened once they they pulled this from her from her memory because that family had moved in with us during a hurricane for a period of time just because they were uh, having some issues at their home because of the hurricane. And so uh, at least at that moment, we began to realize, okay, this is the monster that we're fighting. We didn't understand what it was up until that point. Now we do. We're brokenhearted. We're angry as parents. We're hurt for her. We're, you know, honestly, like, how did we miss this? You know, all those kinds of, of questions. And uh, we began a journey at that moment. We had been on, we didn't realize we were on, but we began a journey toward her healing, but also into a war that was spiritual, that was emotional, that was mental, that was legal. I mean, it was uh, it was a terrible season of life. Our family would look back on that time. Every one of them would tell you, you know, this, this was for us as a family, the, the deepest, darkest part of the wilderness that we've ever been in in life. And uh, we learned things about God. We learned things about the enemy and how it worked. He works. We learned things about the intersection of our faith and mental health. And uh, it was it was a very, very difficult situation. Let me ask um, a couple of questions. Number one, uh, for, for you and your wife, and, and I mean, I got I got two daughters too, and I, I I, I get that the, the emotions had to just been through the roof, but when you look at the anger, which mm-hmm. is I would I would have uh, the guilt, which is understandable though not your fault, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the depression and anxiety, which would be again very uh, understandable, natural. You know, I mean, did those did those get in the way of you making any progress, or did you turn them into fuel? How did how did you handle those so that you could help your daughter? Yeah, so that was a it was a difficult. Uh, it was difficult on our marriage. It was difficult on me personally, and consequently, it was difficult to lead the whole family uh, yeah. through the the season. So, initially, once once our daughter was ready, I initially confronted the individual, uh, and that was a. a um life-changing conversation life-changing confrontation for me uh so much so that uh i I would describe it this way i felt something break inside of me Mm. during that conversation and i felt like i had to have it um for a number of reasons this was another believer all, Mm. all those kinds of things uh i felt like i had to have it for a number of reasons um but it took a toll. Um, I had, you know, kind of backstory. We had been through Hurricane Harvey here in Houston. And so that was, uh, you know, the pastor becomes like community leader mm-hmm. in in that time frame. And so it had been just a huge burden. We had had uh, Santa Fe High School, not 12 miles from here. We had had a mass shooting. Mm-hmm. And I had walked through that with some of those officers and done some funerals and uh, all of that. And then this came sort of on the heels of that. So it was like my counselor said, like it was it was like you had been in three different kinds of wars 
And, uh, and so they actually diagnosed me with post-traumatic stress. And I took a sabbatical from pastoring. I went to counseling. Angela and I went to counseling together um, for two reasons. One, just like, how do we, how do we not, how, how is this big, huge, horrible thing not going to wreck us as a married married couple how, mm. how do we love each other well in this time frame and then how do we lead all of our girls through uh this wilderness that we're in so it took uh help from other people me to be honest with a few about what we were going through what we were experiencing it, that kind of pressure you want to escape it yeah. And so you're, you're, you're wanting to act out of character. Uh, you're struggling with, you can imagine as a father, uh, I mean, I found a murderous place in my heart that yeah. I didn't know was there. Yeah. It's really hard to pastor a church while you feel like I'm, you know, yeah. you feel like that. So. Well, I mean, but see that, I, mean, I think that's the other side of the coin of justice. Uh, did you get justice for your daughter? No. So we, we actually filed charges in two counties. We went through, uh, COVID happened right after she filed, she pressed charges. So he got thrown in jail in two counties for a period of time, got out, and then uh, it went to court. Uh, both sides went through that whole process. And, and our takeaway, at the end of the day, one county uh, dropped it. Mm. Um, because they didn't think that they could win. They didn't have a, you know, there's no DNA. This is from yeah. childhood. It's yeah. his word against her word. But that's after they ramped her up, like, for trial four different times. Uh. And so that process, if you've been in that, you know that that is, that's almost worse than the actual assaults that took place, you know, when she was six, seven yeah. years old. And so you're, that anxiety, that depression that you're working through for her, that mental health part is all just re-engaging every time. Long story short, we one county dropped it, uh, and then when when that county dropped it, the the other county also said, mm, uh, "I'm not gonna be able to win this." So, okay, get like justice in a court of law. Um, I mean, that, that that's got to be. Uh, unsettling and you don't have the resolution that you should have. Yeah. I mean, we learned, uh, in a case like that, like the system is not for the, the victim. Um, I have real thoughts about, about all sure. sure. Um, and, and trying to navigate like, okay, as Christians, we're just going to have to trust God with justice and judgment because Uh we're not going to get it on this earth. Yeah to the degree that we would like okay so how how do you read a scripture that says you know to forgive as you have been forgiven Mm -hmm. and and how does that read to you because that's got to read to you differently than someone who hadn't been what you've been through for sure uh so um i'll say as a pastor this experience gave me empathy for people uh that go through really hard things and the church just says hey um here's a scripture <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh let's uh let's get over it move forward it's for your own good kind of thing because you just can't 
you can't just do that. It's like you've been in a you've been in a war and you've got real wounds. And uh, and so it's a process toward forgiveness. And actually, to my daughter's credit, she came to forgiveness a lot sooner than I did. I get that. Uh, I was the holdout, like struggling with that we have midweek prayer here and we have you know an opportunity every every uh first wednesday of the month for people to come for prayer and we have a time where uh, a forgiveness during that time and i always say hey if you're struggling with forgiveness come down here and we'll pray that you'll have the ability to do that and in that season i was just on my knees asking the church to pray for me because i i, I couldn't forgive you i know, it, yeah, no. the hard feeling no, I, I couldn't on my own. I mean, that's why we need God. That's what spiritual warfare is. It's, it's That's beyond me. I, I yep. wouldn't happen. Um, how How is your daughter today? She's really great. She's uh, not without scars. You know, she has, she's been through this and that will always be part, part of her uh, story. Uh, at the same time, this is a kid who, um when she was going through it she was super angry as a very young adult um but she never stopped going to the word like i mm. i i would get up and i would see her at six o'clock in the morning with a cup of coffee in the word and she mm. might be journaling like god i don't believe anything you're saying <laughs> but she she was going to the right well yeah you know yeah yeah and that that paid off and it, it actually gave birth to a lot of fruit in her life and God's using her in a, in a significant way. Now she's a girl's minister at a pretty huge church here in uh, Houston and she's investing in kids. And mm -hmm. I mean, there was one point I thought, will she ever trust God again? And uh, now he's using her um, in magnificent kingdom ways. And uh not that she's not without scar, not not that she doesn't struggle in some small ways uh, from time to time, but man, I just bless God for for where she's at. And uh, your wife, how's your wife doing? She's good. Um, this was, you know, we're been walking through this six or seven years now, and so um, we've had a lot of time to process, a lot of time to pray, a lot of people pour into us. Mm. Um, and she's, she's good. I think for her, like this was the, this thing that happened to our oldest daughter is, uh, was maybe her biggest fear. Like she never wanted that kind of thing to happen. Yeah. And so when it did and she, she didn't know she she just took on a, a huge helping of false guilt yeah. and shame yeah. and so that for her that was the part that she had to work i was more anger forgiveness she was more why didn't i see this yeah. and sure. uh and so you know thank god through the years and through the process that we've been through uh he's been really faithful to help her let go of some of those things and and your other daughters how did it impact them i can't imagine yeah, both impacted. The, um, our, our middle daughter is just three years younger than the oldest. And then our youngest daughter is eight years younger than the oldest. And so um, they were impacted by 
it's almost like secondary issues, right. uh, the anger that they were on the other side of, yeah. or the the fighting. I mean, there was a lot of like between me and my oldest daughter prior to us realizing what had happened. She had so much anger that she would come against different people in our family in ways. And so me pushing back and holding the line and just all that chaos, you know, that impacted them. And so we've walked through that with them as well. I mean, it, it looking back, it really was a war, a spiritual war going on inside our own home, both of them as well. Like I just bless God, you know, they, they, walk with Jesus. Madeline's a, a senior at uh, Texas A&M, worship leader at her church, mm-hmm. leads a small group, you know, just, just I bless God for that. And Eden, same way as a 16 year old, just making a difference for, for Christ. And grateful. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that uh, because I mean, this is the kind of thing that a lot of people wonder, you know, where, okay, where is God in that? Where, where, where was God when that happened? Why would he let mm-hmm. this happen? You know, that's a very, it's a very common thing. Um, I want to show people real quick. This is the book war in the wilderness by pastor Brian Haynes, where he tells his story. And Brian, I want to, I want to, you know, as we get close to the end of the discussion here, what, what do you take away from this war, this awful damaging, you know, mm-hmm. war that's leave scars and, and still, I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> I'd, I'd still be seeing a counselor or something, mm-hmm. you know, because this is, this is, I'm sure there are moments where it comes back like sure. a PTSD experience yeah. would. Uh, but what do you, what are you able to tell other people who are going through their battles? Mm-hmm. So there are uh, two lessons that I think that I learned that were, that will carry me the rest of my life. And they're simple. Um, you would kind of expect a pastor to say these things, but I'm not saying them as a pastor. I'm saying them as someone who's been been through this this difficult season in the wilderness. Um, when we go on these hiking trips and we spend time in the wilderness, um, you realize it's a beautiful place, but it's wrought with with difficulty. Mm. And the thing that you need more than anything is water. If you, if you don't have water, you can't survive in the wilderness Mm. and uh, all the pictures of God in the old Testament. And even through the gospels, they are desert pictures. Like he'll say, Jesus says, I'm the living water, Mm. you know, uh, that Psalmist David says, you know, God is the, he's the shade at your right hand. He's your refuge. He's your strength. He's your rock. Your strong. It's all these things you need in the wilderness to survive in the wilderness world. And so in the midst of our trouble, I kept praying for relief and release, like get us out of this, mm-hmm. take us out of this. Yeah. And you you expect some sort of miraculous, you know, Black Hawk extraction from the wilderness and it doesn't come or it didn't come for us. It might for some people, it didn't come for us. But yeah. what I found was God, God wasn't absent. He was there and he was just enough for the day every day. I'm reminded of how Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. He was enough shade for the day, enough living water for the day, enough bread for the day. He was all those things we needed all along the way. And it's actually made us 
stronger. It's made us understand God, who he is more. We connect with verses in the scripture about suffering and difficulty in ways we never would have uh, before. So we learned he is really Emmanuel, God with us. And then the second thing I would say is, um, especially people, sometimes in church, they try to hide like everything's good, everything's perfect. And um, you cannot go through life alone. Uh, it, you will die in the wilderness alone. Isolation is one of the key tactics of the enemy. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't have a few guys in my life yeah. that were holding me up, yeah. That were pushing me toward counselors, doctors, um, accountability, care, friend, you know, just friendships. Yeah. Um, if if we didn't each have that in our family, if we didn't have a tribe of people, mm -hmm. uh, it'd be a very different story. And I would just say, don't go it alone. Like you, you don't have to tell everybody, but you need to tell a few people. Yeah. The deep difficulty you're going through in a situation like this. Yeah, uh, so so true, uh, and and it's interesting because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who have been through awful things, um, all, you know, whatever the trauma looks like, and it's what you say about God being there and being enough, which is not always what we want. We want more. Than enough, yeah, get you know? me out of here, right? Get me out of here, right? But I find that that people that have faced really really awful things they say yeah god meets me there as long as when i when i go to him even in my anger or frustration or worry or fear, like you know the first half of most of the psalms you know mm -hmm. i get to the second half of the psalms where i find out yeah he's he's in the wilderness with me and so i appreciate yes. you sharing that is there anything you want to add before i let you go no, I, I would just offer that uh, even in the midst of the deepest, darkest part of the wilderness, there's hope. Like Jesus is the one that knows the way through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm -hmm. And uh, we found hope yeah. uh, where you wouldn't think you would. So mm -hmm. it's there. Yeah. And, you know, there's no shadow without a light on the other side. That's true. And uh, But you got to walk. You yeah, know. you got to keep walking. There's, gotta... there's, there's no black hawk in the valley of the shadow of the death. It's we mm -hmm. walk through, and that's the beauty mm -hmm. is that you can, you can walk through. But you, and, you, and again, what Brian said about having that tribe to walk with you, so critical. Thank you, sir. Appreciate mm -hmm. you. Yeah, thank you. This is uh, the website. Let me bring that up here, right there. This is BrianHaines.org. If you want to follow up with him, you can do that. And then, of course, the book. War in the Wilderness is available wherever you get books. If you need to read someone else's walk to help you with yours, be sure to pick that up or get it for someone else that you might, you know, you might be struggling with their own situation. And as always, that share button is there for you to encourage someone else. Appreciate you guys being here. I'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live.